This homily was originally given by Richard Charters, the Bishop of London, on Pentecost Sunday for the Moot Rhythm of Life service for 2012. This is a re-recording of the text. Jesus entered the locked room, the place of fear and unawareness. He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The business of the Christian life is to grow in the Holy Spirit. In 1912, a young 22-year-old woman from South London, Dorothy Kerrin, was slipping away from life. She had been bedridden for many months with a condition seemingly beyond the powers of medical science. A hundred years ago, she received a vision of Jesus Christ and a commission. We can have ideas about God, but God acting through his Holy Spirit can draw us into the love at the heart of the universe, which unites God, the author of life, with the beloved Son. The Gospel of Luke records the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descending upon Jesus at his baptism, accompanied by the words, Thou art my beloved Son. The Holy Spirit is at work, drawing us into the bond between the Father and the Son, and divine love is the most powerful force there is capable of dissolving hatreds and long-encrusted grievances. Love is also the most healing power there is, capable of healing hurt minds and souls and bodies. The Holy Spirit translates impersonal knowledge about God into a deeply personal love for him in which we discover an appetite for God. In Jonathan Edwards' words, a certain divine spiritual taste that did not exist before. This was literally Dorothy Kerrin's experience. She rose from her sickbed and asked for food. The doctor was astonished, but Dorothy described an encounter with Jesus Christ which brought her within the healing zone of God's love. Jesus stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. One of the tests of the genuineness any such experience of the power of the Holy Spirit is to unite us with the divine love which flows between the Father and the Son is whether it simply confirms our estimate of ourselves as spiritually gifted people, in which case it is almost certainly a self-regarding delusion or whether it releases energy to dare extraordinary things for Jesus Christ and to bring a blessing to the world which God loves. The Holy Spirit is the agent by which God enables things to become what they were created to be. As St. Basil said, the Spirit waters all created things with his life, with his life-giving breath, and helps them reach their proper fulfillment. He perfects them. Dorothy's experience was not simply blissful and personally fortifying, but she heard Jesus saying, Dorothy, will you go back and do something for me? To which I answered, yes, Lord. She was given a most important vision for which the world in 1912 was waiting, although it did not know it at the time, and in many places today still does not know it. Heal the sick, comfort the sorrowing, 
give faith to the faithless. If we are drawn into the love of God for the Son and his love for the world, then we are also drawn into the suffering of God as he contemplates the world of pain and frustration and the way in which a world which was intended to be in harmony is in fact fragmented and torn apart by the ravages of sin. Sin is life turned in up upon the self and unwatered by the spirit. Forgiveness of sins is bound up with growth in the life of the spirit. Where the spirit is, we can expect deeds of power and reconciliation. Dorothy was given a special task in relation to this fragmented world. She was charged to bring healing to the whole person. As I pray for you as you grow in the new monasticism, it is that your own special calling may be made simple and clear. This year is also the centenary of the sinking of the Titanic. Our fascination with its event reflects the dis-ease in the cargo hold of Western civilization. The Titanic was reckoned to be unsinkable because of its design. It was compartmentalized and the idea was that a leak in one compartment could be isolated. It proved not to be the case. The fate of the ship is deeply symbolic. Modernity itself, as Max Weber, the sociologist, pointed out long ago, is based on compartmentalism. He called it the separation of the cultural value spheres. He was, of course, a German. The idea is that science, arts, morals, religion are free to develop according to their own internal logic without intrusion from any other sphere. And this reflects the division between body, mind and spirit. The result is that there has been a great explosion of knowledge about the world of objects, including the human being as an object, and something of an eclipse of insight into the human being and indeed the earth itself as a subject. The result is that dominance has been substituted for correctedness in our relations with the earth and with each other. The effects of our compartmentalization is obvious in so many ways. Treating the so-called laws of economics, for example, as in principle unconnected with questions of human flourishing. Treating the earth as a theatre of unrestricted human willing, while we forget that the economy is a wholly owned subsidiary of the environment. But nowhere is the effect of compartmentalization more evident than in many hospitals. Technically superb with marvellous skilled staff, but in circumstances and on timescales in which only part of the healing process can be tackled. Dorothy's charge was to heal the whole person, heal the sick in body, comfort the sorrowing in mind, and give faith to those who cannot see meaning in life. In the power of the Spirit, she found a, founded a centre which carries on her work at Burswood in Kent. Compartmentalising is one of the things unmasked and corrected by the Spirit. It is a failure to graduate in love, a failure to connect. Another obvious victim of compartmentalization is the church itself. Faith has too often in the past three centuries declared a truce with science on the basis of mutual irrelevance. Our church art and repertoire of praise lacks the profound engagement with the marvels of the microscope and telescope which the times demand. The Greek verb to save, which is correctly rendered in the authorised version as to make whole, 
has shrunk too often to something mental, the use of correct formulae about ultimate reality. Theology of this kind is dry and barren and unsurprisingly fails to ignite interest. But thank God the Holy Spirit, given to the friends of Jesus, when they were all together in one place, is at work healing the fragmentation of the world. Language itself, after the Tower of Babel, divided the human race, but after the miracle of Pentecost, we can be alive in the Spirit, which unites us with the love of God and the work of healing and perfecting the world. Whatever other mother tongue, mutual understanding and correctedness at a profound level is opening the door to healing the world, just as it is still at Burswood. If we call ourselves Christians, then our urgent prayer must be, come Lord, come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net. Mm-hmm.